Hello everyone, I'm Rachel, and you're listening to Let's Talk Avatar. This is a watch-through of The Legend of Korra. Isaac and I will be discussing each episode and giving our opinions on it. Just as a reminder, this podcast does contain spoilers for The Legend of Korra. This is a teen-rated podcast, so listener discretion is advised. Hello everyone, welcome back. My name is Rachel and you're listening to the Let's Talk Avatar podcast. This episode's going to be a little different. It's just me today. So please bear with me. It's kind of hard to have some fun banter when you're by yourself and um, to have a longer episode. So we're going to see how this goes. I still have a lot that I'd like to share because today's episode was quite entertaining to say the least. So please enjoy, bear with me. There are, um, I was gonna say there's a couple things. There's actually one thing I'd like to mention. Today is the day we are releasing our Valentine's themed giveaway. I'm so excited for this. To get all the details, you can follow us on Instagram at Talk Avatar. You'll see how to enter, what's included, all of that fun stuff. So if you're interested, check us out. We'd love to hear from you. And yeah, let's just hop right into this. Today's episode is episode four of season three of The Legend of Korra, which is titled, um, hold on, let me see here. I made notes this time, guys, because you know, I feel like I'm usually the one to go off uh, off track, so I had to hold myself accountable and write notes, which I usually don't always do, so um, yeah. This episode's called In Harm's Way, which is an appropriate title because this episode literally embodies Harm's Way. I wrote my notes from like order of what happens. So I'm not going to explain every detail as always. I'm just going to share my favorite parts of it. I wrote out um, saying that Zaheer is so powerful for not being a bender. And I mean, he's a bender now, obviously an airbender because of harmonic convergence. But before that, he wasn't a bender, you know? So I really can't remember his complete backstory because it's been a long time since I watched season three. And like I've mentioned in podcasts before, I feel like I blacked out a lot of season three. So there's a lot of things that I don't remember, but I'm really impressed with how easy he is able to pick up airbending. And I think a lot of that has to do with his um, fighting style, because if you watch him, he's obviously very trained in fighting and um, combat. And he's also very smart. He knows a lot about different benders and historians and all these different things. And I think that all kind of helps him to really channel and train his airbending ways, if that makes sense. But it's still kind of cool to see this person who was previously not a bender to pick up airbending and be able to be really good at it, you know? Especially since we're watching these other airbenders bend and they have no idea what they're doing. I also put the Red Lotus as OP because watching them fight Tonrock and um, Eska and Desna and Zuko is just, I mean, they annihilate them, you know, and you're watching them fight and you're like, dang, these people are freaking good. So it just, you know, we talked about like threats in Korra and, and the threats that are shown like Amon you, when I, I remember watching season one, obviously it wasn't that long ago, but I remember watching it thinking like, man, I would be scared if I was Korra. And at this point, Korra doesn't really know, 
actually doesn't know who Zaheer is or anything about them, so she doesn't really have that threat quite yet. She does later in the episode, but at this point, she doesn't know about them. So, it's just crazy because I'm thinking to myself, man, if I knew I had to fight against these people, I'd be a little worried. Um, moving on, though, I'm really enjoying Cora and Asami's friendship. I love that we're seeing them, you know, be friends and train together and just talk things out because Cora really needs that. You know, before she had Naga and then after that, it was Mako and Boleyn. But to have this girlfriend who literally later turns into a girlfriend, but you know what I mean? Like a girlfriend to open up, to talk to, to kind of just like vent things out with. It's really, it's really good. I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. I'm loving seeing Asami's character. She's probably one of my favorite people this season, just because I have a lot of respect for her character and where she's gone, like where she's come from and how far she's gone, you know, with everything she's gone through. I also want to make a comment about Janora being obsessed with Kai. It's pretty cute because it's like she's obviously at that age where it's like she's starting to find people attractive and Kai is that person for her. And so it's just, it's really cute that she's like worried about him. I mean, of course she'd be worried about him. I, you would think all of them would be worried about them, but they're really not. Janora is the only one that seems to actively care about Kai. Can't really blame Mako and Bolin, but you know, everyone else is just kind of like, well, whatever, we'll find them. It's okay. I also have a comment written about the animation and usually this is Isaac's aspect. He's all about animation scenes and all this stuff but I look at very little details randomly. Not all the time but randomly and I notice there's a scene where they're all huddled together talking about how they're going to get the airbenders because at this point they found out the queen is hiding all of these airbenders underground. So, Janora is talking to the group and it's kind of at an angle where you can't really see her mouth. But if you really look closely, you can see her mouth slightly moving as she talks. And I feel like a lot of cartoons, if you can't see the character's face that well, like even if you can slightly but not that well, they don't really put the effort into animating them talking. But they did that with Janora and it's such an odd thing for me to pick out, but I really appreciated it because those are the little things that people pay attention to. Like I said, I don't always pay attention to small details, but this was something I paid attention to and I really loved. So yeah, there's just a little tidbit for you. Um, <laughs> this is just so weird. I'm sitting here in my room recording this by myself and I just, I feel like I'm talking really fast. So I'm going to try and slow down because I feel like I'm giving a presentation when I have Isaac with me, it's easier because it's like we're just talking to each other, but I'm just talking to a mic and I stream. So I do that all the time too, but you would think that like I'd be used to it, but I'm not. So yeah, I apologize once again. Bear with me. Please don't hate on this episode. It's just me. It's Rachel. Like Zuko alone, Rachel alone. I think I actually have an episode recorded that I did by myself that I named Rachel alone. Um, let's see, what else do I have written down? Oh, can we mention that Janora's saving the day once again? Like, she's pretty OP. She is always around. I'm I'm kind of happy about it. I love Janora's character. I'm glad that they're giving her more um, responsibility, I guess, in a way. Like, Tenzin has a lot more faith in her. He's still skeptical or letting her do things, but he has more faith in her and allows her to go off and do things, which I really like because he's enabling her to, like, reach her full potential, you know? And I love that they're pointing that out rather than, like, keeping her down because she's young, you know? Also, 
sorry this is all over the place I'm literally reading off my notes so this is there's no like segue into each comment I'm just going with my own kind of flow so um I didn't know this again like I said I blacked out all of season three every time I watched I guess but they eventually Lynn shows up at their house in Bossing Say and they're like what the heck Lynn why are you here and they're like we need to get Cora out of here because the Red Lotus have escaped you know Zaheer and his whole crew and Tenzin's like oh no this isn't good and Cora's like well what the hell's going on like who are these people what's happening and Tenzin says that Zuko Cora's dad Tenzin and then he mentions Chief Sokka saved her from getting kidnapped and that's when they had put them away and I thought that it was so cool because we got another mention of Sokka and anytime he's mentioned I just am I'm so happy I love Sokka I've always been a fan of him since I was a kid watching Avatar The Last Airbender so any moment I get I hold on to with him so it was just cool for them to mention that and it's also it's also really fun to know that they had put them away and they had saved her from getting kidnapped I don't remember that um, also, I think it's really cool that Cora, I went, I mean, it's cool and it's not, but they tell, they're telling her about this. Lynn and Tenzin are like, um, these people are really serious business. They can kill us, whatever, la di da da And she's like, I really don't care. Like, my focus right now is to save the airbenders. And I get where she's coming from because honestly, she just defeated Unalak. Like, she had to reach her cosmic self to reach Unalak. So, I think that she would feel a little more confidence in who she is and her ability to defeat her enemies, especially when she's taken down someone who was, like, a spirit in some sort of way, you know what I mean? So, to hear about these people, and you really, you actually don't know anything about them, you haven't been told anything, they've not even been a thought in your mind, it would be really easy not to take them seriously. And I mean, we know how OP they are, we know how talented they are in their bending, but for her, I can totally understand and relate to why she's feeling this way and why it's not an urgency for her, you know, why she's not urgent to go fight them and deal with it. I feel like she, at this point, it's been two seasons going on three. She's just done, you know, she's like, I don't want to run. I just want to fight my battles head on, which is good, but it's also not always good. You know, she can be a little reckless, but at this point, I'm understanding where she's coming from. Let's see what else. I literally wrote nothing she hasn't faced before. You know what I mean? Like, they told her that this is nothing you've ever faced before. And I'm like, okay, she literally fought Unalak, but okay. Oh, I, I wrote, I find it interesting. I'm loving that they have, in this episode specifically, they're fighting with the queen. They have the Dai Li to go against and now there's the threat of the Red Lotus. There's so much hanging on her shoulders, you know, so much pressure. She's having to deal with it all, get the airbenders out, build an airbending community again, you know, and still bring balance to the world as the Avatar. And it's just, it. I love seeing Korra grow into who she is and who she's becoming. And it's just, it's really awesome for her to not get Oh, I mean, she's not overwhelmed in this moment and there's so much going on and she's just handling it really well, taking on one thing at a time. And I feel like that's a lesson we could all take. At least I know I can because I start to get like really overwhelmed over multiple things. And instead of just cha just challenging myself to do one thing at a time, I try and take it all on and it 
always fails. You know, I always have to take a step back and be like, okay, let's prioritize this. And I feel like that's what she's doing in this moment. She's like, okay, right now my only priority is saving these airbenders. Although I have all these threats around me, my only focus is doing this. Then we can move on and move to the next battle. Um, the very end of this episode, I teared up a little bit. You guys know I'm a crybaby, so you had to expect it. But They collect the airbenders, of course, and they're in a safe spot, and Tenzin's talking with them, and he's saying, you're free to choose what you want to do. You can come to me, you can come to me, you can come with me to the air temple, I will train you, and you can live as an air nomad, or you're free to go be with your families and do what you want, and they all chose to be with him, and he starts to tear up, and that's such a sweet, wholesome moment, because at this point, everyone has pretty much denied him except for Kai, and his only wish is to build this airbending community for so long it's been him and his kids and now all these people are obviously turning into airbenders and he has the opportunity to rebuild his dad's legacy so why would you not want to do that you know i mean of course he does want to do that but when every door has been slammed in his face up until now it's just it was such a sweet moment And although I'm not a huge Tenzin fan, he drives me crazy a lot of the time. This was a really sweet moment. I loved it. I was really happy for him. And the the reaction that he gave to these airbenders, it was wholesome. I loved it. And that's all the notes I have for this episode. I told you guys it wasn't going to be a very long episode because it's literally just me. But I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that there was something you could relate to in this episode or maybe you've seen or maybe there's something I missed or I didn't really point out that you noticed and if there is let me know send me a message on Instagram I've said it before I'll keep saying it I'm on Instagram all the time if you ever want to reach out to us even just send us like something about avatar that you loved and you saw and you thought we might like or not even avatar related but it made you think of us or you just wanted to share it with someone reach out to us on let's talk avatar we will always respond we love getting messages and talking with you guys it makes our day every time i get a message i run upstairs to isaac and i'm like you're not gonna believe this someone just messaged us or even if people follow us like i know that seems like something small but that's such a huge thing for us because we didn't expect to even get to where we are right now so we celebrate every follow we get we celebrate every message we get and it really truly does mean a lot to us i cannot emphasize that enough thank you guys so much for continuing to listen and thank you so much for bearing with me today and listening to this episode from me personally it means a lot that you were able to sit through this episode and deal with me talking about avatar by myself I love you guys. I hope you all have an amazing week. Once again, check out our giveaway. We're doing a Valentine's Day pin, Sokka pin giveaway. It is so cute. It is so hard for me not to keep these for myself, but I want to give back to you guys. So check it out. I hope you guys stay around and keep listening. We also have a special episode coming out on Saturday. It is our one year reunion. So crazy to think we've been doing this for one year. I'm in awe, but we have a special episode for you guys that we'll be releasing and then we'll have our regular episode releasing on Monday as well. So you guys got two episodes this week. Really excited for you guys. Excited for, we're excited for you guys. Really excited for you guys and us. I hope you all, like I said, have an amazing week. Stay safe and we will see you guys later. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find us on our website at nonessentialmedia.com, on Twitter at Let's Avatar, and on Instagram at Let's Talk Avatar. Join us next week for another episode. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.